0: What is Demystifying Research? Hosted by me, Kelly Harris. And me, Katherine Hoyt. Demystifying Research is a space where we dialogue on training, careers, and all things research.
1: Everything from is research right for me to thinking about applications, mentorship, which research degree is right for me, handling failure and rejection, CVs versus resumes, and funding. This is a space where we engage in discussions around the questions we all have or have had when considering a career in research and science.
0: As clinician scientists, we seek to answer questions and address issues that aren't clearly addressed in more formal spaces, things that weren't addressed in our clinical training, questions that we may not know how or where to begin to seek answers. This is not a space only for scientists and researchers, but for anyone who may be interested in science and research. We're so glad you've joined us. Let's dive in.
1: today um, we have a topic an exciting topic that i think will be relevant for a lot of people talking about what it actually looks like to have a career as a researcher and in science
0: um excited to have Dr. Cecilia Calhoun who is a uh, hematologist pediatric and adult um she also um has a background in public health and business. So I'm gonna let her um, tell us a little bit more specifically about um, her background and interests, and then we'll jump right in. Cece. Sounds good.
2: So thank you guys for having me. I appreciate the space to kind of be in conversation with my friends about things that are important to us all. Um, so I'm CC Calhoun, I'm again a pediatric and young adult hematologist with both a clinical and research interest in sickle cell disease, particularly adolescents and young adults as they transition from pediatric to adult care, because that is when the morbidity and mortality really starts to rise, and I believe a critical time point um, where we can make an impact, not through just clinical care, but also research so i um, also as uh, dr harris professor assistant professor harris also alluded to uh, uh did recently complete uh, an MBA at yale through the opposing commonwealth fund fellowship and health equity leadership and now i'm on faculty here we're also in building the um adolescent and young adult single cell de- disease transition program thank you
1: so yeah i was just gonna say cc i or Dr. Calhoun. Call um, me Cece. I, You guys know me, call me, I know. Call me Cece. Yeah. So you mentioned you have a clinical degree, and then you kind of went in, into research from there. Can you tell us a bit about that transition? Like, how did you decide to go into research? How did that transition look?
2: Yeah. So oftentimes I think when we're starting our career in the health sciences, we have an idea of what that would look like. Oh, I'm going to engage. in. for me, it was I'm going to engage in patient care and I'm going to like take care of people on the ground and do that work. But once I kind of got into my training, I realized the opportunity and the scope of impact that I could have was just, you know, pretty much limitless, like whatever you want, your career, your your life. To look like wherever you want your impact to be you can shape that and i think that's one of the beautiful things about healthcare not just being a physician but also the industry itself um and i think i got the most exposure during my time in fellowship i knew i wanted to work with sickle cell patients uh pretty early on in my training um initially i thought it was like bone marrow transplant i got some experience <laughs> and realized that wasn't exactly the place i wanted to have my impact um, but you know, also knew kind of what I wanted my reach to be, and had the realization that you know the patients I see in clinic that inspire my research questions, that motivate me, important to me, and important to them. We affect one another on a one-on-one basis, but through academic research, I would have the opportunity to reach patients I would never see um and make a broader impact and you know through some careful conversations with my mentor um, and some honest conversations with myself and what i wanted my day-to-day life to look like and my quality of life short and long term you know i chose to pursue a career in academic medicine which gave me the space to do research Um, and in making that decision realized hey i need some additional some additional tools in my toolbox which uh, is why i pursued the masters in, uh, in population health sciences to get that framework And then asking research questions revealed to me that I really need to understand the system in which I practice to be able to impact it. And that's how I ended up doing
0: the MBA. Excellent, thank you. Um, Can you just tell us a little bit about what a typical day looks like for you? Is there (laughs) such a thing? No. (laughs) Um,
2: It's so funny Um, what a typical day looks like. Okay, so one of the great things about um, choosing like academic medicine or doing research is the flexibility that you can have in your schedule. Um, and so one of the things that I'm, I have learned, um, even though I'm still early in my career is. Um, that sometimes success isn't always just about like grit and perseverance, sometimes it's creating the environment in which um, you need to be productive right so. When, you, when I think about what a typical day uh, would look like for me, it can be pretty much two different things. So I still see patients two half days a week. So a lot of times when I'm in clinic, um, the earlier parts of the day are prepping for clinic, making sure that when I get there, things can run smoothly and in place, and then going in and seeing patients. And oftentimes that day can end with um, paperwork, unfortunately, if I'm just being honest, but uh, a big part of my career um, in research is and you guys know this is grants and publications. And so in order for me to be successful or have an environment that's productive in that way, I kind of need blocks of time to write. So I try to do that. I'm trying to <laughs> develop more discipline around that uh, taking time to um, plan my time. So. On a non-clinic day, that usually in the morning, that's when I feel like my most creative writing energy. Um, It's important for me to go in, kind of deciding what I'm gonna work on, because if not, I'll get distracted by emails. Um, And then I really try my best now, especially now that I have a little bit more control over my schedule, because I'm not a trainee to do my meetings in the afternoons. Um, And um, depending on when or with whom I'm doing data collection, that, that also may be a part of the day too. I don't know any clarifying questions i can answer about
1: that well i guess i'm thinking like i know in my experience like so much of our life is actually writing and i'm not sure that everybody that looks into the world of science realizes how much time Mm -hmm. we spend writing and you mentioned you're working on grants and papers um would you call that like maybe the hardest part of your job or what what would you describe as the hardest or could you expand on the that, writing um, bit
2: a little? Uh, I can definitely expand on the writing. I don't mm-hmm. think it's the hardest part, Uh no, by any stretch of the imagination. I definitely think it's one of the um, more underrated and most necessary parts. Um, I think that that's, uh, I think some people have like a natural uh, gift for that. And for me, like once I'm kind of in the groove, I can be like jamming, you know, like in a flow. But mm-hmm. I think, um, again, it's about kind of creating the environment to be productive in and realizing like, uh writing for journals is not the same as writing for grants um and you know if you are gonna be a researcher part of that is disseminating your work and we think of that traditionally through papers but it's also through like uh, academic posters and conferences and presentations sometimes it can even be to your own colleagues in like grand rounds formats and things like that so that's also i i I try to include in my writing time and prepping those things so it's not just writing it is the type of writing you have to do And um, the breath, (laughs) like, uh, um, but it's definitely an important metric of success. And so, I um, am very much like a people person. I love to engage with people. But you need to you are you not talking to your computer, you know, when you're writing, you know, uh, it is you're in conversation with your own thoughts and trying to get those things out um, onto paper. And so, for me to kind of be successful or it's about creating a habit. That's what works for me. Like I'm a person who will thrive with routine. Um, and if I can, you know, when I get into a habit, it, it is, it, that's generally when I'm most productive, but I don't wanna like, you know, be insincere. It's certainly something that I'm always working on and um, it's incredibly necessary uh, to a successful career, academics for sure, and in research. And I mean, like, even if it's writing is, you know, in my office, um, I have a whiteboard, even if it's just a brain dump, right because you're gonna have ideas about future projects um and some of that is just getting that out of your head and making sure that you um hold on to those, don't lose those ideas, but also um can uh prioritize what you need to get done and when you need to get it done so
0: you actually just touched on um a question I was gonna ask, so you talked about kind of how you went from, um, you know, your clinical training into research and why you picked up an MPHS and then why you went ahead and pursued an MBA and kind of understanding that you needed that additional information, right? And so thinking about writing and kind of the idea generation phase of that, right? Like how do you determine, you know, what you are working on and what you're gonna work on? And um, is it just about what you're interested in or is it some, you know, what's that process like for you? and where is It sounds like from what you were just saying that writing is definitely part of that, the brain dump. yeah yeah. Yeah.
2: because i don't want to forget so i have to like write it somewhere for me it's nice to see i like to see especially when i'm thinking in a creative space um like when we talk about the different kinds of writings we do writing that we do as um researchers when i'm in the creative space and idea generation space i try to like i like to see it so i'll I'll write on my whiteboard and um i have this things like nq i have like this whiteboard that has like nq and then ideas and then like actual papers who are, are trying to move along um and um people can do that they do that in excel in many different ways for me it's just fun to like write it out um but in terms of prioritizing what i need to do when and which uh, which ideas get attention and which ones um kind of maybe our table i call it the parking lot or put in the parking lot until later um, a lot of that is um one trying to figure out uh what are the most uh urgent things that i need to get done like if i have a grant that's due in two weeks that's not the time to start up a new project but that doesn't mean that project has to be forgotten right it can be put like you know sit you know put in the parking lot for a little while um or if you know i have some low-hanging fruit um in terms of getting a a revision in to a journal i'm I'm probably going to prioritize that knock that out before i move on to something new um, I think that's one way that I keep track, but also you have to also kind of think about other things in the environment, right? So I'm new to the, my current institution, and so one of the things here is collaborating with uh, my colleagues so that people can, so I can be visible, so they can know, hey, we got this woman here who is very much invested in transition space, very much invested in sickle cell patients and health equity. You know, like I want people to see me so we can collaborate. And if there's a project that's in the parking lot, but I can find a collaborator who can, you know, we can divide and conquer with, that might be something I prioritize, right? Because it allows me to get exposure to my colleagues, build some connections and really move a thing forward. That's just not on me. Really any kind of science, I believe is is like gonna be a team science. Honestly, I think any great effort, you have to have a bunch of people. Like, I don't care if it's research or um, if it's clinical care, I was just talking about a colleague to a colleague uh, about this the other day that people look at the physician and they're like, you saved my child's life. And I'm like, well, she wrote the chemo and she gave it to you. And that person over there made sure you got scheduled. And it can be like that when we're researchers, right? Like we have these huge ideas, but we collaborate, we work with others and people that support us to help uh, bring these things to fruition and disseminate them. So. I'm a little bit on a tangent but so in terms of prioritizing things like if i have a potential collaborator for an idea that's kind of been in the parking lot that's low-hanging fruit but ultimately um, for me it's really important to talk it over with my mentors like um, hey this is what i'm thinking about because they have a little bit of a higher level view than what i have you know um, we don't know what we don't know and ultimately we'll, we'll make the decision that's best for ourselves but it's great to have uh, mentors, advisors, and sponsors that can help you in terms of trying to figure out what do I what do I do next, or how do I get the skills I need, or I'm thinking about this. Is this the right time for this? So it just depends.
1: I feel like you've hit on so many things, Cece, about what it looks like to be a researcher and a scientist and a clinician. Talking about papers and paper revisions and collaborations and grant writing. Um, there's a lot. That that's a whole lot of stuff Mm -hmm. Uh, for people that are maybe considering a research career or going into that space. Do you have any thoughts about, you know, you talked about flexibility in the beginning of of your schedule, but uh, I guess I'm not really sure exactly what my question is, but do you have any recommendations or things that you would want to tell younger you?
2: Younger me or people in
1: general? (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> what think, would you tell you know, me
2: <laughs> I think one of the things is like you know um, a lot of times we put uh, uh very a lot of pressure on ourselves to get things exactly right or be doing doing things exactly perfect or never miss a deadline or never um, you know mess up but I think a lot of what we do is about resilience um, and mm-hmm. trying again no matter what and kind of being firm uh, uh, and continuing to push and move forward and I think the core component of that and especially for me is like I know why I do what I do, like the patients I care for are so important to me, and I know that I can help change their lives, you know, and and this is the path I've chosen, so when you have a sense of like why, like why you need Mm -hmm. to be doing what you're doing and why it's important, it helps you be more resilient when you're like dang I don't feel like writing today or. Mm -hmm. I thought that was a really good grant. I can't believe I got that trash feedback, you know, or or even sometimes when you get bad feedback from people, you know, and trust, you know, you have to revisit like, you know, is this important to me? You know, research, choosing a research career is not always glamorous. It it has it has very, very high points, you know, when people are like, "Oh, I read your paper about such and such, you know, but those are balanced by like everyday persistence, grit and resilience. And I think. That's something I remind myself of now, something I would want my younger self to know, something I would share with, you know, with any of my colleagues um, and surround yourself with people with good people who also understand their why. And a lot of times having kindred spirits that are in research that have a similar why is, is incredibly, incredibly helpful because, you know, we're human right so we're never going to be completely balanced all the time we're never going to get it right all the time we're never going to have the clarity that i sound like i have right now right Mm -hmm. i have friends and colleagues that are like you just got to keep going you have to keep trying and you know um i think that's so important for um for for people but also for people considering a career in science uh i think you um and it's okay not to know and it's okay to ask and um yeah but i think you got to come back to like You know, I chose this path because I want to make an impact here, and that's only a that's an individual decision. You can't do it for your parents or your loved ones. You can't do it to make your spouse proud or to make give your kids someone to look up to. You cannot do it to um, just bring a claim. You got to say like, this is what I feel like my purpose is in this space, because you'll have to revisit it all the
0: time. I feel like there was so much um, in there, so many questions, yeah. um, but I, I just want to, I guess, highlight a couple of things I've heard you say a couple of different times, right? Um, and we're talking about science, you're talking about team science and the importance of collaboration and networking and building teams. And then this piece about feedback. And you know, I remember getting feedback that was kind of, you know, the gist of it was um, you can't make it better without the team. You can't make it better without that constructive feedback. And that is, that is what science is, right? It's this kind of. Um, what do we do? How do we fix it? How do we make it better? How do we push this further? Mm-hmm. And and just those bits about um, you know, I, I guess, you know, kind of this, it's not really failure. It's like the okay, how do we go and revise and, mm-hmm. and look at it a different way? How do we find a different perspective? And so I just wanted to highlight that because I think I've heard you say that a couple different mm-hmm. times in your comments. And um I think it's important, and I think it's important when we think about. You know at least where i was coming into this kind of career i hadn't thought about that
2: yeah and it's important too in science as a whole but also what i'm learning in business right and so and, and they do it faster and mess up way worse y'all okay <laughs> somebody will be like oh like vc firms fund just people's ideas like they might all they have to have is a little proof of concept and it may completely crash but then they're like oh well, let's try it again this way and so I think, you know, we really have to keep that same energy, that same persistence, because a lot of times what we choose to do as people who are researchers in the sciences affect people's well-being and health deeply. And I really mm-hmm. like, yeah, you know I'm saying like that's we're not making just lives more convenient. We're changing how people live. And that is one of the gifts, right? But it does require you to. Uh, try and try again (laughs) you know and 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 that's okay right because if we think about how we are as individuals like we're theoretically we're always moving forward growing and getting better so why not our work doing the same thing you know why not the way that we approach our science um, be the same thing and i think when i think about a team too the beautiful thing about that is surrounding yourself with good like-minded people is they'll give you honest feedback and they care before you go out and into kind of like you know uh, study sections and journal review boards who they don't know you from Adam they don't really like care about your why. so and, and you'll be able to mm-hmm. be there more prepared that's one of the good things I love about our lab is, you know you can get the feedback you need mm-hmm. and, and kind of move forward with confidence so
0: but yeah yeah thanks um I think I, I don't know I don't Catherine I am um, thinking about um kind of where I feel like you've covered so much of what we were going great
1: Cece, I feel like we've touched on so many things. I feel like some key take homes for people that are listening are the importance of resilience and grit and knowing your why mm-hmm. uh, is so important for a career in, in research because it is, there's so much of your time is unstructured um, yeah. and you have to structure it and know why you're doing it.
2: It is truly a gift to be able to be like, hmm this thing bothers me. Let me answer it in a rigorous way and figure out a solution. Like, look, I'm from a factory town. Okay. I am from Detroit. Okay. My friends and family, even my cousins graduate from high school and go work in in a factory and can, you know, it used to be, you could really Mm -hmm. make a good living, but you know, not everybody, this is a gift, the space we're in, is very, very privileged. And so um, even though it's hard, it is a deep Deep privilege because we get to see the problems we have that we are important to us in the world and then like pursue it. And it's not glamorous all the time, like writing grants over and over again or trying to write papers (laughs) and be disciplined about writing. It's not glamorous, but it's still a huge, a huge privilege, you know. So, and I think it's very synergistic to what our colleagues who are in the clinical space do too, because you know, really, we are all a team in um, and, and that way too, like producing new knowledge, implementing new knowledge, uh, finding challenges, trying to answer and find solutions to those challenges too. So it's like a beautiful ecosystem. Um, so it's definitely worth it. It's definitely, definitely worth it for sure. Um, obviously, I'm biased. So <laughs>
0: there, um, I guess the, the only other kind of takeaway that I have too is this idea that um, you can also decide to take it a different direction or add different skills as you're going mm-hmm. and really shaping Absolutely. you know the scientists you want to be. It's not mm-hmm. um, one and done. And I think that's all kind of key takeaway for me at least um, that we can continue to grow in this area in this. Space.
2: We're gonna be like the sharpest old people ever.
1: <laughs> so
2: it's gonna be fantastic. I like,
1: I think that's a great note for us to end on. Um, we are so lucky to have the opportunity to ask these questions. Thank you for joining us today. Check out our other episodes to hear more. You can find the first season on YouTube under Washington University Program and Occupational Therapies channel under the First Fridays for OT Research playlist
0: and more episodes of demystifying research linked under the research tab on the Washington University OT webpage at ot.wustl.edu that's ot.wustl.edu send us your ideas for future episodes at demystifying research at wustl.